0: Hi, I'm Rob Holman, international speaker, best-selling author, and Inside Out Leadership Catalyst. I'm on a personal mission to interview 12 of the greatest Inside Out leaders in the world in 2021. These extraordinary leaders come from business, sports, politics, and entertainment who have faithfully demonstrated inspiration, humility, courage, perseverance, and servant leadership. My guest today is none other than Monty Williams. Monty believes that every problem in the world can be solved through an investment in people. Throughout his 15 plus year career, he's built multiple high performing teams, mentored countless employees at various levels and generated millions in revenue. Monty knows his purpose in life is to add value to the life of others. He is an executive coach accredited with the International Coaching Federation or ICF, and a national public speaker. In 2019, he founded Alu, the leadership development company, to help professionals to lead themselves more effectively so they can add the most value to their companies. His mission in life is to inspire passion through the leadership of self and others. In March 2020, Monty gave a TEDx talk entitled, Get In The Car, The Keys to sustainable leadership. Get ready and enjoy our next amazing episode of Inside Out Leadership. Hey, Monte, welcome to the show. Hey, Rob, what's going on, man? Hey, I gotta say this, that the pre-recording conversation you and I have had yeah, I see the fire in the background. For those of you that are going to be listening to us but can't see us, Monty's got this amazing fire going off in the background. And I'm telling you, there was some fire going on in our pre-recorded conversation, pre-live conversation in the area of sports. I'm from the greater Philadelphia area. You're from Jersey. We are yeah. talking about the Sixers. We are talking about the Eagles. We were moving on all cylinders before we even went, went live. So I can only anticipate, highly anticipate what this mm-hmm. conversation is going to be like.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to it. And thank you for having me on your show.
0: Totally. My honor and joy is all mine. I thought a great place to start our conversation. Now, we could talk all day long about your accolades. We could talk all day long about your brilliant and thought-provoking TEDx talk just about a year and a half ago, whenever that came out. And we may have some space and time to to talk through some of those things, the accomplishments, the, the, the impact that you truly had. But what we love to do in Inside Out Leadership is, we love to highlight you as a unique individual, as a unique mm-hmm. person that has kind of made and shaped this amazing leader that you have a sphere throughout the planet in which you're helping assist and serve people. So I figured an appropriate place to start is you got to let me into your childhood a little bit. Go all ahead. right. There's nothing like childhood <laughs> Come from different backgrounds, different places, um, different family dynamics, et cetera, for you. When you were approximately under the age of 10, okay, so you're like elementary school maybe and that kind of, who influenced you? Who influenced you in a really positive way? Was it a family member, friend, community leader? Who was it?
1: So my biggest influence um, when I was under the age of 10 had to be um, my mom and dad, right? Um, Particularly my dad, uh, because... He spent um, tons of time with me. So, we would, he was the person who taught me how to play chess and we played video games together. And um, we were just together, attached at the hip. And um, he's one of the reasons why um, I got into bowling. Um, and he helped to um, nurture that craft. Uh, so, I, I bowl um, uh, competitively. So, we go out to the nationals every year. But I would say that um, that's my dad. Yeah.
0: So, hold on, I, I got to stop you on this bowling thing, okay? I, I can't remember the last time I bowled, but I could always remember, like, when you go to the bowling alley, and you can always tell those that were serious, right? I, I'd use yes. whatever ball they gave me, and then I'd see a person or a group of people come in, and they had their own balls. They had their own, you know, the, the place that carried their own balls, and, it, you know, it fit their fingers perfectly. Yep. Everything was customized. Everything. I'm like, okay. These individuals are serious. So you're the one that walks in, you got your own ball. How long have you been playing that, sounds like you've been playing that sport a whole long time. How did you hone that sport, that craft?
1: So through practice, and I'll tell you a story um, that that I think is an amazing starting point for kind of leadership. So um, I started bowling when I was about five years old, right? And in that, um, I would just pick up the ball like a regular five-year-old and just throw it down the lane. And then somebody over the years, they said, hey, who taught him how to do it that way? And, no, and my parents said, well, nobody taught him. He just learned from watching everybody else. And they said to him, well, let, let us teach him because he seem, it seems to come naturally to him. And the biggest memory that I have from bowling, learning how to bowl early, was not throwing a bowling ball for the first three months. Mm. So I had a coach and my coach said the most important part of bowling is making sure that you hold form correctly, that you do everything right before you actually throw the ball. So making sure you're on balance, making sure that your timing is correct, because if you can focus on all of those things, then hitting your mark will be simple. So every week for an hour, he would have me make believe I had a bowling ball in my hand at the beginning and kind of shadow bowl um, for an hour. And then halfway through it, about the six week mark, he would give me a bowling ball, go through the same thing. And I would never get to throw the ball. And it was very similar to, you ever watched The Karate Kid? How, How- how when how Mr. Miyagi has Daniel's son doing all of these random tasks and then finally he goes, why aren't you teaching me how to, why aren't you letting me, why aren't we fighting? Why aren't you teaching me? And yeah. then he takes him through it and he recognizes that everything he's been doing, that time was to prepare him. That's exactly what happened with me. I got to that point and I said, you're not letting me throw the bone in This is pointless. And then he finally let me throw the bowling ball. And then that's what led me to being in the juniors bowlers tour when I was 10 years old, um, starting the bowling team when I went to Don Bosco. Um, mm-hmm. And the only reason I didn't bowl at Duke is because they didn't have a bowling team, but it okay. all, it all started at the very beginning with making sure that I understood the fundamentals in the process before actually focusing on the
0: result. Okay. Now here's the thing Now you're five years old, you got to wait To actually like spin that ball because you're working on all these other things that are going to contribute to you when you actually get a chance to, to roll that ball down the alley. Yes. So, like, you're five years old. I know a lot of like 50 year olds that would get impatient in that process, let alone a five year old. How did you take it at that particular time? I mean, obviously, you're being taught discipline and patience and so many other things. And then when you actually had a chance and an opportunity to use the actual ball, okay, it's making sense. But I'll tell you, that's a long amount of time to wait for anyone, let alone a five-year-old.
1: Yeah, so, so, so to 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 be clear, I didn't um by the time I started training, I was more about seven, right? So, right. so that's but but still in all, it still required patience. And it was about the dedication. How good do you want to be? Do you want to be? just a a cut above the rest? Or do you want to be the best at this? And I've always had this internal drive within myself to be the best that I could be at something. So that's where my dedication, my discipline, and my focus comes from. So it it was, though it was, it sounds like a difficult task, it wasn't so much because I understood um, what what the long-term goal was.
0: Hi, this is Rob Holman. I've had the joy and the honor to be a professional keynote speaker for over the last 20 years. This has resulted in me being an international, in high demand, and top dollar speaker. Now it's time to share my proven tips and strategies with you to help you get what you're worth to speak. If you're an aspiring speaker or seasoned speaker looking to get paid more to speak, please join my world-class speaker community today. Our new community kicks off soon, so register today as spots are limited. And for more information and to register, go to www.RobHolman.com forward slash GPS. I'm, I'm envisioning you a bit of a leader at a young, young age. Yes. Life happens to all of us. Interesting mm-hmm. twists and turns along the way. Any major milestones past the age of 10, right? Because obviously you're growing in all these like life-changing values, the leaders being refined in you. And then all of a sudden, if you're like me and so many other people watching and listening to this, you know we're throwing curveballs. Yes. And I happen to come across a curveball or two that you were thrown at a very young age after the age of ten. Do you want to highlight one and the impact that that had on your life and ultimately your leadership?
1: One hundred percent. So um, biggest curveball, I call it my defining moment, and it was I was 11 years old and um, my parents split up. And um, for anybody who's gone through a divorce, those are tumultuous times that that a child goes through. And um, what makes it worse was that um, at the time my mother was suffering from um, mental health issues, right? So um, when given that that was the situation, um, there was a night where she kicked me out in the middle of a blizzard. And um, it was, a, you know, I still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, she, she asked me a question and I didn't have the answer quick enough. It triggered her. And what I remember is her hands being around my neck and I blacked out. And when I woke up, um, I was on the porch, um, in a snowsuit and there was a note in my pocket that had five, five words on it. I don't want to know. And, um, I said, okay, got to figure this out. So um, I I walked up to Eastside Park, which was about a half a mile, three quarters of a mile from where I lived, and the snow was so heavy at the time, Rob, that you couldn't walk on the sidewalk. So I had to walk in the middle of the street, and and it, it, it's 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 ironic now, and I laugh about it now, but I wasn't allowed to walk in the street at 11. So I had got to make this call to um, walk in the middle of the street. in the snow. like, am I going to get in trouble? And it's like, well, does it matter if you get in trouble? Because you can't go back there. So yeah. um, fast forward, I got to um, Eastside Park, there was a gazebo there. And um, and I knew about this gazebo because my friends and I would ride our bikes there. And there was a gentleman there by the name of Jose and he was a homeless gentleman. And I said to him, um, do you mind if I stay here? And he said, I mean, yeah, you know, free country. And he kind of, I sat, I was on one side, he was on the other side. And he said to me, um, what are you doing here? Hmm. And I said, Well, my my, you know, I got into a fight with my mom and she kicked me out. I guess she doesn't want me. And he was the first person that told me, you know, parents are people too. Yeah. And they don't always get it right. And they get angry too. So, you know, let her cool off. And, you know, I'm sure things will be fine tomorrow. That's your mother. She loves you. And um, I, I was not that confident at that mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can only, I can only imagine. <laughs> right.
0: I can only imagine, Monty, like the emotions as an 11 oh. year old, regardless of the, any age, in your case, it was 11 years old, the yeah. emotions, the roller coaster, and here you're, you are getting advice from this homeless person. Yeah. And I I, I can only imagine um, that interaction and the words and the exchange, but even more importantly, how you were feeling in that moment. Oh, I was scared,
1: right? Because this is still a homeless gentleman. I've never met him before, um, but I need a place to stay because there's a blizzard right now outside, right? So, um, It was, it was scary to say the least, Um, like more, it it was scarier than um, I'm leading on in this conversation because I have healed from it, but it was, I was, it was extremely, I was extremely scared. And then, um, you know, we started talking some more and he was so kind. He said, have you eaten? Hmm. And I said, I didn't. And he gave me a piece of his peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it's why to this day, I love orange marmalade. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Because because I said you know what is that? I had never tasted orange marmalade up to that point, right? I because we only had grape and strawberry jelly at my house. So I asked him. He said it's orange marmalade, and I said okay. So that's why I always have orange marmalade in my house to this day. And then he said, "Listen, man, I don't know much about your situation, but I know two things for certain. One, this is going to be the hardest day of your life." two if you wake up and you're able to see the morning sun you'll be able to deal with anything that life has to throw at you and i heard him but i cried myself to sleep that night
0: i'm sure
1: and when i woke up um, it was it, it was the, the, there was i saw the most beautiful thing it was it was warm and it was bright and it was the morning sun on my face mm. and i said to myself you made it. You made it through the night.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Come on. You 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 did it. Okay. So now, what's your next move? And I remember saying to myself, "Are you going to run, or are you going to face what you're afraid of?" And um, I have a I have an amazing relationship with my sister. She was um, five at the time, and I wanted to go back home to take care of my sister because I said, I can't take the chance of what happened to me happening to her. So let me go back home. So I had to find a way to navigate, but I couldn't just go back home. I ended up going to my grandmother's house and then my grandmother talked to my mother and my mother let me back in. But um, the end all be all was that that was the defining moment in my life. And that was the point where I recognized that I would always have to be courageous I would, I would always have to be agile and kind of move with the ebbs and flows
0: of life and that
1: I would always have to maintain a high level of resilience.
0: Absolutely intriguing conversation. I, just listening to you, I'm thinking on so many different levels. I'm thinking of myself and some of the struggles that I had younger in age and searching deep within myself for some of those answers and how it literally changed the trajectory of my life and leading more from the inside only to work itself out. Yes. I'm also reminded of those that have come alongside of me when I didn't know which way was up uh-huh. almost gentlemen for you. Certainly mom and dad at a younger age had great influence in your life in a very positive way as well. Right. As well as others that have come uh, come about. So I can't help but reflect on my own life back in the day, the here and now, et cetera. Now I'm a parent uh, of three <laughs> right. kids. I know you are a parent yes. of two children. Take me in a little, let's fast forward. Monty is a parent. Yes. In a conversation you had just a few years ago, and I dare I say it was a leadership conversation you had with your oldest son. And you were talking about leadership and even, you know, digging or going back into that deep well of understanding from your childhood, I'm sure. But he asked you a question or you had some dialogue surrounding leadership at that particular time. Mm -hmm. Take us into that a little bit of what that conversation was like and what you learned coming out of it
1: totally so um, I I have two sons I have a, a, a now a five-year-old and his name is Magnus and my oldest is Logan so this one this story is about Logan specifically and when he was four he's always been very perceptive and I've always been into leadership reading doing all these things so finally he comes to me randomly because kids do this he goes, he goes daddy what's leadership <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and, I know- and I'm going to jump in. Isn't amazing, kids, especially at younger age, when they ask these questions and we're like, we have our default mechanisms in which we can go and start answering those questions, but sometimes always these questions that really stump the expert of experts, if you know what I mean, but keep going. Totally, totally. So I go, my first thought was,
1: what are they teaching you in school <laughs> that you come home and you ask me with leadership? But, you know, after I thought about it, I said to myself, hey. Um, that leadership is when a person can inspire a group of people to work together towards a common goal, right? And I said, you know, to, to be on the fly, that's a decent answer. Pretty good. Right? So then he says, okay, well, how can I be good at leadership? And Rob, I, my, my expression was this. <laughs> because I they always say, you you don't understand something well enough until you can explain it to a child. And I couldn't answer this question for my son. I couldn't explain to him how to be good at leadership. So that led me down this path of deep introspection, because I said to myself, I consider myself a good leader. Um, People have told me, the data has shown, both internally and externally, why can't I answer this question? So after doing some digging and really kind of um, getting down to the meat and potatoes, I said, "Okay, how is it that I'm going to explain leadership to this young man? What is it that 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 is univer that always requires leadership that is always unique and that um, impacts everybody that's connected that is universally connects everybody?" And I said to myself. We are it's people Come on. right? Yeah. people people is people are the answer right So when I thought about it from that perspective, I said, okay so what is it that everybody who does everybody have to lead um, in order to um, make an impact on the world? And the question became abundantly clear to me was that the first person that we ever lead in this world is ourselves. So true. Right. And, and then I said, OK, so mom, what is it when you had your defining moment, what were the characteristics that you needed to get through? And it was courage, agility and resilience. But so that, there's, your,
0: there's your car acronym. Right? That's yeah. my
1: car acronym. Right. And then I said to myself, but me, that, that's only one use case. That's not enough. So then I started to go back to my notes and start to look at the random questions that I would ask people over the years. Then I started to do some historical reading. Then I started to kind of really dig into the crates and really dig deep. And I said, you know, there isn't a person that I've encountered present day, historically, you name it, that hasn't used courage, agility and resilience to become who they become got it so i can tell my son now if you want to be a great leader remember to get in the car and get in the car means make sure that you're willing to go on your journey of life and practice the values of courage agility and
0: resilience so courage agility and resilience so my follow up to this is this is brilliant and by the way y'all you got to check monty's 10x talk because he is one of the greatest, honestly, he's one of the greatest storytellers that I've ever come across. You will be captivated from the beginning to the end, much of which we're talking about in this interview. So I highly, highly encourage you to check it out. Thank you. So Monty, in the midst of that, there are people that are still struggling with a lot of COVID, right? Yes. We thought that we could see the light at the end of the tunnel, and then the Delta variant hits. Right. And people are grieving and then they're dealing with change and now more change and more change. Yes. So what advice, what encouragement would you give a leader listening today that wants to have hope, wants to see the light under the tunnel, wants to live life of inspiration and purpose from within, but yet they're struggling because things keep changing. And just when they think there's movement Mm-hmm. There's a barrier that's in their place. Yes. What advice I, would you give them today? I
1: think that that's a great question, and I was hoping that you kind of we went down this path, right? Mm-hmm. Because I believe that um, it, it because it highlights one of the most difficult parts of my leadership journey, which is if there was ever a message to share today, it would be this one. Um, the most difficult part of my leadership journey was realizing that I did not have a good enough relationship with myself mm-hmm. to be who I knew I could be, right? So when you talk about all everything that's changing around everybody, my advice would be you have to journey inward and you have to minimize all of the noise externally and focus on doing the internal work and developing a relationship with yourself. Because when you develop that relationship with yourself, life changes. What happened with me was I recognized that I wasn't disciplined enough. I didn't have enough discipline. On the outside, people thought I was disciplined. But on the inside, I wasn't disciplined to do the things that I knew I needed to do to push me forward. And I recognized this. And I said to myself, okay, I need to make a change. And the way I made this change, and this is going to sound weird, Rob, Mm -hmm. I decided that I was going to make my bed every day.
0: I love that. I love that.
1: And, And I timed myself the first time it took me two minutes and 38 seconds And I said to myself, if I can't find two minutes and 38 seconds out of a 24 hour day to make my bed, I don't deserve to reach my goals. I I did this for 197 days. And then on one faithful day, I got up and I was running late. I had to get to the office and I said, I'll do it when I get back. And I was driving on Route 3, which is one of the um, interstates here in New Jersey, and something just didn't set right with me. And I said, this is it. This moment represents the pattern that I've been living in, the cycle, which is I make a commitment to myself. I I make enough progress in that commitment to feel good about myself without ever completing the goal. Mm -hmm. Then I stop. And I said, this is why I'm not who I need to be. It's right. This moment represents it. What are you going to do about it, Mom? And I took the next U-turn. I went home. I made my bed. And <laughs> I was and I was late for that meeting and had to reschedule it, but I felt amazing about myself. What I learned from the experience was that creating a relationship with yourself happens in the moments that you refuse to accept the narrative that there's another relationship that's more important. Yes. And I believe that if people right now that are going through COVID and that are experiencing multiple different things, if they prioritize the relationship they have with themselves and do the inner work and look at the things that you don't like about yourself and that you're not happy with and really examine why those frameworks exist, why you're not happy and why haven't you done something about it. If you focus on that, I guarantee within 90 to 180 days, you will see a, a palpable,
0: tangible change in your life. So we have people listening to that and they're like, Monty, I'm on board. I'm in. I want to start making my bed, so to speak. <laughs> right, right, You know, kind of being funny with this. I'm like, all right, we just need to make our bed and then get in the car. <laughs> you know? so, so the the day, those are two things. That's wisdom from Monty. We can leave. and But here's the thing that's, it can be some tough work taking a deeper look in ourselves. Always. So many times we think, well, if I'm going to set time aside to to do that deep work, am I going to find all the wrong in me? Because I don't know if I have capacity to focus and find these, ooh, I don't know if I like that so much. What would you say to a person being like, this is hard work. I don't know if I can do that. Because all that would be required to do that deeper digging, what word of encouragement could you provide them today?
1: I would say to think about anything great that has happened in the world. It always seems impossible until it's done, right? And the 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 Herculean task of looking at yourself in the mirror and having to face all of the things that you might not like about yourself, it takes a, 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 a an amount of courage um, in yourself to say, I don't like that about myself and I want to do something about it. But here's the thing: you have to reframe it. You have to, you have to reframe it so that you're not looking at it as um here's how, here are all the things that I'm terrible at. The reframe is here are all of the things that I haven't found solutions to yet. Mm-hmm. Here are all of the opportunities that I have to even be a better a better version of myself. And I think that when you start to look at it from that perspective and you recognize you are enough and you're worth doing that type of hard internal work because you deserve the best of you. Yeah. Rob, you deserve the best of you. I deserve the best of me but nobody can give that to us we nobody can do this work for ourselves so not to make it binary but it's a either you're going to do the work or you're not and i tell this to my clients all the time i am a person i am a guide i am there to help i am help i am there to assist but i can only be as successful as you allow I can give you all the advice in the world. I can ask you all the questions in the world. I can make you look at all of the things that you don't want to look at. But if you don't make the decision to actually want to do it, nothing's going to change. It's so, the, it's the old saying, nothing changes
0: if nothing changes. So true and so good. OK, you're filling us with so much today. Like, I have such a full cup, it's crazy and i can only imagine the listeners and those viewing us live as well however you know here here you've tackled a tedx talk you work with tons of clients all over the place you're a national speaker so much happening yep i want to share something with you as i'm listening to you please you are such a strong prophetic voice not only in our own country in the united states of america but truly throughout the world that leaders and human beings need to hear right now more than ever before. So I just wanna encourage you with that without a doubt because you've lived it, you speak it, and you're burning with a fire that other people that hear and they get a chance to experience you are bound to catch on fire because of it. So thank you for the gift that you are. Monty, with all the things that you've already done, like what's next for you? Like any particular thing you're working on now or that's in the near to distant future? My book. Come I, on. we gotta highlight this. Thing. So, so
1: I, um, I made the TEDx, the TEDx talk. I transformed it into a book, and the book is, um, as you can may guess, it's called "Get in the Car," right? And it takes, uh, it, it it takes a a different perspective on the TEDx talk, and it turns it into a fictional story where I am the guide, and you, as the reader, is the main character. And throughout the book, we are um, going on this journey and we're trying to get to a destination because ultimately you've realized that there's a change that you need to make in your life. And you said, I want to go on this journey And I'm the person that has been assigned to you to help you get to this goal. And then throughout that, we we, we run into why courage, agility, and resilience are hugely important. Um, I tell some internal stories about how I've gone through um, some challenges and how I've overcome them. And then we get to a particular point. And at the end of this, um, hopefully you're equipped with the tools to want to go on wherever you want to get to in your journey. So um the book should be out um around December.
0: Okay. Um, get the book, get the book,
1: get the book. Hey,
0: if they'll no, keep going. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and it'll be available on my it'll be available. It's available for pre-order right now on my website and um and like I said it'll be available in December.
0: And what's the website? Just so we'll put it in the meeting notes but but so people here, Yes, right
1: the now. website um is www.montywilliams.co. Um, and everything will be there. That You can watch the TED Talk there. You can um, pre-order the book there, and you can see some of the services that uh, my company offers.
0: Monty, truly appreciate your time, man. This has been, for me personally, and I know on behalf of all of the listeners, thank you. This is what we need to hear and how we need to hear it so real change can begin to take place. So thanks so much for taking time with us today.
1: Again, thank you, Rob, for having me. I really appreciate it. Very honored to be here. And I look forward to connecting with you in the future.
0: All right. Great. All right. Yep. Thanks again for Monty for joining us. And I also want to say a special thanks to Auto Conversion. Auto Conversion is a sponsor of the Inside Out Leadership Show with your host, Rob Holman. Auto Conversion can be found at autoconversion.net. And I've been utilizing Autoconversion since 2017. It's been over four years. If you are a content producer, and what I mean by that is you're uh, writing books, you're writing blogs, you're speaking, whether it be locally, regionally, nationally, internationally, because you have a message to share and people that need to hear it. I want to encourage you to go to autoconversion.net and join up for their premium membership. Amazing resources to help take your content business to a whole new level. How do they do that? It's through helping you, through coaching services and other means, they help you with your PR and media and marketing strategy, okay? It's part of the reason why I have this podcast and this live show up and running now, able to reach people all over the globe. I wanna encourage you to reach out immediately. On behalf of Monty Williams, my name's Rob Holman, the host of Inside Out Leadership. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. This is AutoBurst Media.